How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to The Scale-Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Brandon Metcalf. Brandon is not just another entrepreneur or a podcast host. He's a visionary, disruptor, and true game changer. He's the CEO currently of three companies, Place, Blueprint Advisor, and Symbol. And he's reimagined how businesses can operate and flourish in a tech-driven world while being a three-time founder and three-time current CEO. Brandon, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Hey, I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. I'm actually a four-time founder because oh, you forgot about my first company that I no longer have. So... Well, there's three right now. It's enough. Well, I apologize for that, man. Four, no worries. Three is still very good, though. But four, four, that's that's very good as well. So you're a grizzled veteran when it comes through through founder founderness, if you will. Certainly feel like one. So let's <laughs> so let's go through place right now. Um, let's go through a revenue rundown. So where are you at in the stage of your journey? And then feel free um, in terms of revenue just to kind of identify the stage of the journey for the other ones as well. We don't need to get super specific, but we'd love to hear. Yeah. That. I mean, place, so place where we're, you know, we're between the, the one and a half and $3 million mark um, growing at a decent clip. I think our revenue grew 65% year over year from in the past trailing uh, 12 months, which is pretty decent. Uh, I follow a, a little tip. I follow um, the SAS metrics board, uh, which is a really cool new, group of like SaaS metrics, like veterans that put up this like advisory board thing together. And they're constantly putting out statistics about where you land and stuff like that. So a guy named Ray Reich, uh, if you follow him on LinkedIn, there's just a gold mine of metrics that you can compare to. So place, um, so we're VC backed, angel backed. We've raised about $10.5 million so far. Um, started the company Came up with the idea in 2018, started building in 2019, started selling right before COVID in 2020. Um, we started off as financial forecasting and then and then realized we actually needed to do something bigger than that. So we did RevOps is kind of what we do now. Um, the same time I was launching Place, it was right after I sold Talent Rover um, to Bullhorn. Um, a bunch of people were just asking me, like, what are you doing now? Can you give us some advisory consulting work? So I said, Sure. Um, that turned into like a half a million dollar business right out of the gate. And that became Blueprint Advisory. Um, so Blueprint is really, initially it was going to be the distribution engine for place, like doing all of our implementations, customizations, all that stuff. Um, but then I hired a guy that I worked with um, at Talent Rover to come and run it. And he turned that into a multi-million dollar business. So we're over $2 million in, in revenue from that, cash flow break even, um, healthy business, um, completely bootstrapped. So no external funding for that. And then the new, the new child, as as I as I call it, is uh, is Assemble. So Assemble is a staffing recruiting software on Salesforce that you know it's kind of bringing me back into what Talent River did, but with a whole different lens and a whole different mindset of how to do it. Um, so we officially launched that company. Uh, we initially launched it under Blueprint in October of last year, but we spun it out and created its own company in January of this year. Uh, so that company is is off to the races and, you know, we'll probably uh, end the year at about a, a million to a million and a half and, and recognize revenue for that business if we continue the way we are. So um, and then Assemble, we've done a, a funding round for we've raised 1.1 million for that company. We just closed that about a month ago. So 
Lots, uh, lots going on. <laughs> I would say so. So, you know, the, the natural question that I know you've answered before, how do you manage all that? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I never set out doing what we're doing. Like place was always the primary focus um, and it's still a major focus. And then Blueprint just kind of happened. And with Blueprint, I learned if I could find someone to run the business on the day to day, it became a, a, obtainable for me. Um, so the guy that was running Blueprint, Greg, he's recently moved over to run Assemble on a day-to-day. Um, and we hired a real veteran in the, in the Salesforce consulting space to come in and run Blueprint every day. So that gives me the ability to um, really kind of be the visionary of those two different companies and not the actual operator of those different companies and, and give them the ability to own running the business. Um, which is essentially what I think both of them really want is me teaching them how to truly be a CEO and how to run a company um, and giving them enough flexibility and autonomy to do that while at the same time still being plugged in enough to actually know what's going on. So, you know, my day to day is probably 60% of my time is, is focused on place and that team. Um, probably five to 10% of my time is, is focused on blueprint and then the rest is focused on assemble. Um, and you know, I think some of that will shift based off of the stage of each company and what they're going through. But, um, I'm a, I'm a big process person, like as, as far as myself and organization, and I do a lot of block scheduling and if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. So like probably the biggest key to, to my success to be able to manage a bunch of different things. Oh, and then also a podcast and then a nonprofit bar board and all this other stuff. Um, is having a really, really strong executive assistant mm-hmm. um, who really just calendars my entire life and makes sure that I don't miss things. Um, and then I divide her basically between all the companies. Um, but that that is a lifesaver for me. Um, and then I'm also not a big procrastinator. So like if something can be done, I want to get it done right away. Um, I use a, a product called um, Superhuman to manage my email, um, which is awesome because I'm almost at... I'm usually at inbox zero for all of the three different companies. Um, so there's there's productivity hacks I've figured out over the years of, of how to do some of the stuff that I'm doing. Well, let's talk through that, man. And, and this is what had, I had no intention of, of doing this, but this is the beauty of a podcast, right? Like what what's your productivity stack so that you could cohesively manage three companies? Everything has to be calendared. There is no room for anything, even in my personal relationship. Like if I have to be somewhere, if we're going out of town, if someone's coming into town, any of that stuff, everything has to be on a calendar. Um, and, you know, working out, eating, like everything is blocked as to when. And then, you know, I typically, my days are usually starting 6, 6.30 in the morning. Um, I used to start earlier than that and found that it's just not super productive for me. But then I usually end every day at like 6 p.m., so no meetings after six, usually no meetings after five. Um, I like to work a couple hours on the weekends just because it's quiet and I can get stuff done. Um, but I'm always focused on the balance side. So like I've, I've learned, because I did not do this at Talent Rover, I learned the importance of the balance of the rest of your life outside of work. Um, so like scheduling the gym um, and, and going and um, not doing meetings after six and only working for a couple hours on the weekends and paying attention to how much time you're spending traveling and how long you're gone and, and all that stuff like comes together. So number one is the calendar, having someone help manage it. Um, like I can't use a Calendly or anything like that. It's just not effective for me because things just change too much. 
superhuman as far as the email because um, it, it makes it really easy to manage inbox zero. Um, I'm really particular about how we communicate at the company. So like at the companies, you don't communicate internally via email. Everything is on Slack. Um, you're also using Slack as the primary connection tool. So it's not like some people are using WhatsApp and some people are using text and all that. It's everyone's using Slack. Um, so then that frees up email to really be external communications. Um, so how do you manage that and how do you schedule that and all of that? Um, and then I pay a lot of attention to how much time I'm spending with my team. Um, that's kind of like the most important part of my job is to make sure I'm there to give my team what the team needs and then also getting really good at delegation and making sure that, you know, I'm doing what I need to do, but I'm also delegating the tasks that other people really should be able to do um, and then helping them figure out how to do those things, but then also getting out of their way so they can do their things. Like I shouldn't have to do your job. And if I have to do your job, that's a problem. Um, and we, But I also need you to produce certain results. And then I, I need to make sure everyone's aligned. So there's a lot that we do around meeting structure and like how often as a leadership team we're meeting. Um, so we meet uh, at each of the companies. It's a every other week executive leadership team meeting. It's 90, 90 minutes long um, where it's a chance for the leadership team to understand what everyone is doing. Um, and then I have my weekly one on ones with everyone. Um, and I don't like to miss a week with anyone. So even if the meeting drops down to like 30 minutes versus an hour, it is what it is, but we're still going to talk and check in. And, and I want to understand, you know, not only how you're moving forward to accomplish things and where you're at with your metrics, but I also, like I always spend the beginning of that meeting, just checking in with like, what's going on in your world? How are you? Um, Cause I think that's just so important to like balance out the stress and the pressure of everything we're doing with the reality check of we're all humans, like what's up in your world. Um, and that tends to balance it out. But I know I threw a lot of different things at you, but that, that's kind of a, the mojo though. Like, um, but the number one thing is, is the organization and, and blocking the time. So even like blocking time for me to get work done, like one of the things I rolled out, it's probably been about a month now is no meeting Mondays. So imagine this running three different companies and I'm saying, I'm not taking any meetings on a Monday. That is, that's my productivity hack. Cause what happens is Monday becomes the day that I get everything I need to get done, done. So the rest of the work I can, uh, rest of the week, I can be available and present in all the other meetings that I need to be in and stay focused on those meetings without having to worry about, I still have my own work to get done. Love that. I do no meeting Fridays. So um, whether it's internal or external, I just, uh, it's too tempting for me for a no meeting Friday because I'm like, hey, it's kind of the weekend. Monday, I'm like ready to get into it because I spent a lot of time. Is it like Monday for me? Is it Wednesday for me? Is it Friday? And I think it's a personal thing, like how we all work. Um, but Monday's Monday's where I landed and it's working so far. Love it, man. You know, I, I leverage a lot of the same concepts and like structure, try to structure it functionally too by day, you know, in terms of with the stage I'm at, right? Um so superhuman, it's so funny because I've been, <laughs> I, I don't use it currently. I've been thinking about, I'm like, I need to look into superhuman. Like I've heard really good things about it. What's the number one benefit you get from that? It just makes it stupid easy to go through email and schedule stuff and respond. Um, you know, I offered it up to my team to, for them to use it. And not everyone had the same reaction to it that I have. And I, I think it's really, for me, it just becomes very simplistic to manage things. Um, and I don't spend a lot of time back in email. Like I get it done and it's, and it's off and I'm not getting slammed with, well, I get a slam with a lot of like 
spam email and solicitation email and all that, which I also love because I can block it and move through it really quickly. Um, but it's just, it's the speed. And then also the speed on my phone. So like I'm always on my phone, like either with Slack or with email and it just makes it quick. Um, and then I think the ability to sort and, and, and find stuff it, it, that's easy. And some of the new upgrades they have too, they have a little bit of AI in it. So it's starting to predict stuff and all of that. So it's, it's worked very well for me. Love it, man. Love it. And a lot of those other concepts are, are, are great as well. Yeah. Especially the, the protection of personal time, I think. And that's something that, you know, I think I told you I'm releasing a product when I was on your show. And one of the things that I've done is I've kind of violated that, right? Which I'm, I'm usually pretty good at. And I noticed my energy levels dropping and um, just like I got to manage my emotional state tighter because I'm I'm not holding to those guardrails that I, I had, right? And so there's massive value. And anyone who wants to do that, because uh, this is the same mistake I made before, um, corrected it. And now, you know, it's, it's easy to fall back on that train. We were trying to do a lot. So it's that realization too. like the most important thing in my world is my time. Uh, and that's just in life. So that's not just the business stuff. That's also the personal stuff. Like, am I engaging enough with my friends? Am I doing things? Am I being healthy? Am I working out? Am I eating right? Like, my sleeping enough, all of it comes down to time because that's the one thing that regardless of how hard you work, you can't, you can't invent. So if you can be meaningful and intentional with how you're managing it, how you're blocking it, and like you were saying, how you protect it, like I have the ability to get a lot of things done in a 40 hour week because I'm so diligent with what I'm doing during that time. I'm not you know, taking a break and looking at Instagram or doing this, it's like, no, I'm, I'm moving from one thing to the next pretty relentlessly um, to make sure I get it all in. Because I want to have then after six o'clock, I want to go relax. I want to go like enjoy why I'm working so hard. Um, but it does take a lot of discipline. Well, and that kind of takes me on the next question is like, why are you working so hard, right? Like what, what's your vision for what you want to do and what do you want to create? Yeah, it's funny. I've been I've had these conversations a lot. And, you know, it's when I when I saw Talent River, it was an interesting spot. Right. Because it's like, all right, well, I don't really need to go do anything. Um, but I was also I think I just turned 40. No, I was younger than that. I was in my late 30s. Um, and I was like, well, I'm too young not to do anything. And what do I want to do? Um, and after like a few days of laying at the pool going, OK, this isn't going to work. <laughs> um I just started to conceptualize what it was. And, you know, the idea for place was there. Um, so I decided like I was going to do it. And, you know, through the journey of all the different stuff that I've created, I've really figured out that I, I like to build things. Um, and I'm at a stage right now where, yes, I want to build successful companies. It's not so much building them to sell them. I mean, I'm building software companies, so there's probably going to be transactions in the future is, is kind of inevitable in my world. Um, but I'm building them because I, I like it and I like solving problems. And I think I can do a good job at solving problems. And the other thing is I like building leadership teams and I like helping people get to the next level. Um, it also goes really well with my management style as I don't like to manage. I like to give goals and, and expectations and say, here you go, go hit them. And I'm here to help help and support you and coach and guide. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to deliver, which is really how I went through my career is, you know, my first, my, my first real job was with a bank 
And I remember asking one of the executives, um, she was like an EVP, so pretty high up there. I'm like, how do I get your job? Um, and she told me, she's like, okay, go do these things. And then I worked my ass off to do those things. And I've done that at every company I've been. So there's a mindset in me with, with people that I work with that you need to work hard to get what you're, where you want to go. And I'll give you a path and I'll support you. But at the end of the day, you have to want it and you have to go get it because I'm not going to just give it to you. Um, so it all kind of comes together. And when I get to see someone figure something out and get to the next level and elevate their career, regardless if they stay with me or if they move on to another organization, that's super rewarding. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. There's a lot of wisdom in what you said right there. And I, I, I apply that in fatherhood too, right? With my kids, the same concept, but there's things I could give them and do it. I'm like, no, you got to earn this, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you got to make it happen. This one's on you, you know? And um, so I, I think that's, I think that's, that's great. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So Brandon, what do you think, like, obviously you, there's patterns to what you're doing and that lead to the success and for you to able to do a lot with a little in terms of your time across so many different areas. So what would you say is that the, your single best strategy or framework for growing a business? I mean, do something you're passionate about and something you know. So, you know, all of the businesses, so all four of the companies that I founded are all based in the Salesforce ecosystem. So Talent River was built on Salesforce, Place is built on Salesforce, Assemble is built on Salesforce, and Blueprint is a consulting firm in the Salesforce ecosystem. So I'm very, very ingrained in all things Salesforce. And I, you know, I think what I've learned, because I've been in the ecosystem since 2004, as I've learned the, the nuances of what it's like to be in the Salesforce ecosystem, but also what it's like to build successful businesses in the Salesforce ecosystem, which went with a lot of failure as we went, like a Talent Rover we were just constantly trying to figure stuff out at place like place. I started really building in 2019. I don't think we've got product market fit until last year. So that was a journey on its own assemble. We've gotten product market fit pretty much out of the gate, but the whole genesis of how this business came to be, it, it kind of should, we should have had that. Um, and then I've never ran a professional services firm. So seeing what blueprint has done, um, but there's a theme and it's, it's, my theme is Salesforce. And my theme from a product standpoint is workflow and automation and visibility and transparency through all of that. Um, and that's the lens that I put on the product side of the companies is to, you know, place where RevOps product, how do we connect the sales and revenue producing teams to the finance? And how do you give visibility across the organization? And how do you just simplify it? So people don't have to worry about all of the different steps. It's just natural. It's organic. They can focus on being in front of customers and winning deals and renewing deals and all of that. Um, assemble the same thing for, for staffing and recruiting. Like how do I, how do I go through the workflow 
of finding candidates, matching them to jobs, placing them on those jobs and giving the flexibility that you need to be able to do all of that. So it's that constant looking at how do I just make things work easier um, inside of a Salesforce lens um, that I think is really what enables me to do all the different things I'm doing. If I was building technologies on very different platforms with very different focuses, as much as the industries are different in my world, the focus is still kind of the same. Um, I would have a hard time managing what I'm managing. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's definitely the repeatable patterns of the platform, which, I mean, Salesforce is definitely nuanced. It's not it's, it's not like a no-code platform. <laughs> you know, there's- No, and you got to know how to do it, and you got to know how to be a partner and, you know, what you can build and how to build it and how to negotiate with Salesforce, but also how to operate in the ecosystem. So it's a, it's a big space, but yet it's, it's still very small and, and tight and it takes a long time to figure it out because, you know, a lot of, I, I, I've talked with a lot of founders that want to build on Salesforce and they're like, Oh yeah, Salesforce is just going to turn into a lead engine for me and I'm going to have all this pipeline built. And that is the furthest thing from the <laughs> truth. You've got to know, really what you're doing in order to get anything like that. Um, but there's so much value and reward that I got up from it. So um, history uh, experience definitely uh, is playing a toll of, of me being able to do what I'm doing. Love that, man. So what would you say is the biggest challenge you're running into right now in terms of growing the business? Yeah, I mean, so... I, I have the benefit and the challenge of having three different companies that do three different things and that are at three different stages of life cycle. <laughs> um, so, you know, Blueprint has kind of always done its thing. I've, I personally haven't had to spend a lot of my time on that company and it's been profitable, cash generating, great business. Um, you know, James, the new guy, wants to really ramp it up and accelerate it. That's why I hired him. So I'm excited to see where that's going to go. I thought during... You know, the pandemic and during the whatever the current economic cycle that we're in, I thought Blueprint would have slowed down, um, but it's just sped up. Um, and I think there's a big opportunity there. Um, and then you have Assemble, the new product, which is my old space, my old wheelhouse with all the people I know. And I know that environment intimately um, that is just kind of catching fire right out of the gate. And we have a challenge that we have too much pipeline to keep up with really, um, and how do, how do we hire correctly? Cause I'm also trying not to do a lot of funding for that company, um, but I'm trying to grow and, and, and keep up with demand. Then you have place, which I think is probably the biggest opportunity out of everything I'm working on as far as size of, of industry, as far as problem that we're solving, as far as if we can really get it to click with the, uh, the Salesforce teams, the Salesforce relationship, because it's, it's truly RevOps inside of Salesforce. And I think, People, especially now, are really starting to appreciate why RevOps is so important, um, especially in, in B2B SaaS world. But the challenge Place has is because we've we've changed and evolved so much, like going from forecasting to revenue to billing to, to subscription management to pull this together, we just don't have a lot of brand rec- reputation. Um, so people don't know we do what we do. When we show them what we do, like our win rates, Q1, our win rates, for all the inbound uh, opportunities that come in, all the inbounds, like we had a 50% win rate. Wow. On average, we have typically a 25 to 30% win rate. So if we can get a prospect into the pipeline, we have a really, really strong chance at, at winning that deal. And the reason is because of what we deliver, like we had a, a client sign up and their total contract value with us was like 30 something thousand. As we were going through the setup, we found $45,000 worth of things they hadn't invoiced 
because their Salesforce, Stripe, and QuickBooks integration was all messed up. So we immediately produced more value for them than what they paid for us. And, you know, there's other clients that is, is kind of the same story of the ROI that you can clearly see. So it's it's interesting with looking at the three different organizations as to what their challenge is. Um, but it's also exciting to try to crack the nut and figure it out. That's awesome, man. It's <laughs> you're right. Three different things, all built on Salesforce, three different stages. Like, uh, love, love, love the, how simply you put that right. In, in terms of identifying that. Cause it's, it's, that's very, very true. So to kind of round things out, I guess like you have a unique perspective because of the diversity of what you're working on. Like, what do you think is the single biggest opportunity with AI right now in terms of tacker and in business? I mean, it's actually finding real solutions for common business challenges. And, you know, there's, there's a ton of that's going on with it. And, you know, we're weaving some of it into our products. Like for Assemble, for example, you know, I remember how difficult it was as a recruiter in staffing, which is where my career started. Um, it was banking to staffing and then into software. Like, creating job descriptions and posting job descriptions of recs. So like in the staffing world, you have a client give you a job to work on and then you need to go post that job description. Well, you can't post the actual client's job because you don't want your competitors to know they're using an agency and all that. So you have to create your own. So, you know, one simple thing that we've done with Assemble is you can have have it just create the job order, which is kind of fun because I like to play around in demos and I ask it to create me a job order in the voice of a pirate and get (laughs) to see it, write it as a pirate and all of that. So, I mean, there's some basic stuff like that that you can do. Um, I personally use it to do things that just are time consuming for me, like writing a press release. Um, it's, it's amazing how fast that that can build that out. Or like I focus a lot for all three companies around the strategy around marketing. Um, so basically having it read a website, our website, and then leveraging the it's learning of that website that then have it produce other materials for me, which is just huge time savings. So, you know, I think that's kind of like basic stuff right now that you can do with it. I think where you really go is as it starts to figure out true business processes and, and true business challenges of analyzing those processes and coming up with better ways of doing them that, you know, I think are going to impact the workforce. But I also think it's going to drive productivity and, and company profitability to, to a whole nother level pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's an exciting time. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I think it, it, I've seen the job. The job description use case as well. That's that's great. I love. I've never done it in Voice of a Pirate before, so I might have to check that out. That's pretty cool. Um, and then yeah, the website piece and then web browsers enabled. Now there's plugins available, uh, which I have mixed reviews on that. Some stuff's really good. Some stuff's crap. You know what I mean? So, but the the speed of innovation right now, like when you look at how fast some of this stuff is coming out, and AI has been around for a while, right? It's not like it's this brand new thing. We're just now starting to hear about it and. You know, the, the deal with AI is you got to have so much data that you process and have it learn that, that it takes time. Um, but now that it's becoming more mainstream after ChatGPT got, you know, the limelight that it has, um, the speed of which new technology is stemming from it and how it's being looked at. Like, you know, I was reading that JP Morgan Chase is working on um, something for um, stock trading um, and analyzing the stock market. So, uh, it's 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 a super exciting time to be in tech and to be in business to see where this stuff is going to go. Totally agree with you. 
Totally agree. So, all right, we're just about up on time. Where can people find you? Uh, where can they find out more about Place or the other companies? The easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. And, and then you can navigate to all the things that I do there. So like everything from Cash and Burn, the podcast, which you were a great guest on. So thanks again for coming on to that, to all the different companies. So, you know, Place is at placetechnology.com, Blueprints at blueprintadvisory.com. Assemble is spelled kind of funky on purpose. So it's A-S-Y-M-B-L um, and it's assemble.com. But LinkedIn's kind of my my central landings point. And I post a lot. I, I'm a big fan of leveraging LinkedIn to get your voice out for a lot of different reasons. So I'm constantly posting out there. So feel free to follow me and, and chime in. Love it, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Loved your insight. Love your wisdom. Love your journey, man. So thanks for being on. All right, man. Thanks for having me. All right. We will see you all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.